0: Welcome to another episode of Yes Shift, a father-son podcast by Dan Schinder and Steven Schinder about the band Yes. Previously, we reviewed the book Yes in the 1980s by Stephen Lamb with David Watkinson. And now, here they are with us on this episode. Enjoy! Hey
1: everybody, how's it going? Dan Shinder here on Yes Shift, and we're thrilled to have uh, with us today the authors of a really cool book that Stephen and I just read and reviewed yesterday, if you're watching this live. It's Yes in the 1980s. 1980... that's the wrong book. Actually Bill... Actually, Bill Bruford paid me five bucks to do that. Yes in the 1980s. Stephen, why don't you have the honors of, oh, you've does David have his great yeah, but is yours guys autographed by you guys? Yeah. Steve, why don't you do the honors and we'll launch in a little bit of yes news and then we're gonna talk about the book.
0: Yes are still playing close to the edge for England and Ireland this summer, but they've announced that yeah. the mainland European dates delayed to next year will include Relayer. And there's also a rumor flowing around that they might also do Relayer for the US in October.
1: Um, And as David indicated, I believe uh, Stephen Lamb is quite not happy with this.
2: Well, yeah, uh, obviously I was looking forward to seeing Relayer like everybody else. And I've seen them play close to the edge many, many times before. So it's, although I get it completely, it's nothing special. I'd also like to just shout out for the poor European fans who are having to wait till next year anyway. And I think, I presume, Dave, you you might know better, but I presume that's because whereas things are kind of back to normal in terms of attendances and numbers that can be in venues in the UK, it's not quite that simple in Europe. So the band have decided not to do European dates this year because presumably they can't fill holes. Like they would like to, so the attendances would be. Done. Is that right, David? Uh, you know, uh, as, as, as well, far, saying far, you
3: know. I mean, saying they can't fill halls like they used. I just think there's so much logistics involved in all. No, of I mean, this. I
2: mean, I mean, they can't fill halls because of the, because of the COVID restrictions,
3: rather than the. Oh um, right, I the, get rather, you. Yeah. Rather
2: than attendances. Well,
3: yeah. th- I mean, look, there's so much in Europe going on, uh, which is, which can affect you know between now and next tour of next year. You know, anything can happen really. Yeah. So uh, yeah. you've got to pencil it in, but there's a lot of borders near other borders beyond beyond music here and beyond COVID. So yeah, yeah. you know, it must be an absolute nightmare to be honest, to be a, a manager and a planner and an agent and whatever to to stick this in. We've got it, we've got a bit of close to the edge. Uh, and you know, these guys are gonna get relayer. I'd love Relay rather than close to the edge, but I, I yeah. and we we've all booked Relayer uh, and and, and we're not going to get it Uh, I'm going to go obviously (laughs) I'm going to three and um, I even looked at booking up three in Europe uh, for Relayer to go and see you know after the first three gigs in Europe I thought they'll have it nailed uh, a little better than the first one maybe so three gigs in you know Spain Portugal, and anyway, so anything could happen. It's, it's, I don't know. It's a, it's a funny old time, but the Americans are going to get relayer. We'll yeah. get it at some point, won't we? Yeah, and
1: I've, so, I've yeah. only seen the only thing I've seen in person of relayer is from the symphonic tour, and yeah, that's it in person. And in fact. To my memory, Steve will correct me if I'm wrong because he's got a much better memory than I do. To my memory, I've never seen another Yes keyboard player play anything from Relayer other than Tom Brislin on the Symphonic Tour at the Hollywood Bowl. And a video that Stephen found of his band playing Sound Chaser, which was unbelievable. I've never seen Jeff or anybody else, so I'm curious. Uh,
0: I've seen Jeff play on the Royal Affair tour. How Um, was it?
1: How was it? Not just his playing, but also the keyboard sounds. Was he getting like those old, you know, 75 sounds or whatever that Patrick had?
0: I really loved the performance of Gates of Delirium on that tour. It felt very authentic. I thought the band did a great job there. It sounded very close to the album to my ears, anyway, and it was just it was so energetic. And loved being in the presence of that, pun intended.
2: I've, I've, uh, I've never seen them play anything from from Relayer because the night I went to the symphonic tour, they didn't play Gates of Delirium. So, oh, so, uh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, for some reason, they dropped it. So uh just for that show, don't know why. So I've. Pho- I've, best I've seen is Steve Howe doing an acoustic version of "To Be Over."
1: Oh yeah. wow, I remember that too from the Full Circle tour, right?
2: Yeah, I think I saw him do it at a Steve Howe solo show as well, yeah. or um, at, at his band, his band uh, Remedy, wasn't it? Um, right. Yeah, I saw them. I saw. I think I, I think he did it in
1: one of their shows as well. Interesting. But, so that's so that that's the best I got, really. Um. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how, how that unfolds. But let's get into the book. First of all, two very avid, I'm guessing, pretty much lifelong Yes fans. Yeah. Briefly, how did you two meet? And how did you decide, oh. hey, let's write stuff together? Well, well we, we, we met during this. Really?
2: Okay. Uh, oh, I love because, that book. Uh, just a point of clar- uh, uh, clarity. I don't know whether you guys have realized, but Sonic 1 Publishing is me. Yes. So I so I, I own Sonic One Publishing. So um, uh, which is if you want to have a, if you, if you want to write a book and you want to get it published, own your own publishing company is a good is a, is a good plan. <laughs> so um, I, I, how did we first
3: I forgot I, Dave, I, how... I, I got in touch with you as a lifesaver because that book I was there that was five years work. Yeah. And my publisher was being very slow which was the publisher, the same publisher as Perpetual Change. Of course. They were yes. happy to do the second one. It was all dragging on and I was getting very frustrated with the time frame. And so I kind of looked around and thought there must be someone who uh, can take this on. And it's a really tough thing to do is to cancel a publisher.
2: Yeah, because yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: just get one first, Yeah. <laughs> and someone yeah. Who, who actually thinks you're good enough to do so, which they had great faith in me, you know, 15 years ago, 20 years ago, of what it was. Yeah, yeah. They had so to actually ago. drop a publisher and be nice to them, and them nice to me, and find somebody else like the wonderful man in front of you um, who came flying in in his publishing cape. Um, so, and I said, C-quing. I've got all this stuff that nobody's got and nobody's written about and it's taken me five years and it's literally, you know, groundbreaking in the history of John Anderson for the early days. Can you, well, come over and let me show you everything and let me see what you think, see if it's any good.
2: Yes, because so uh, could, could you see my first book, you, were, you had my first book, didn't you, which is that one. Uh, yeah, I collect yes books, I've got about 30 of them. Yeah, yeah, not of that one, obviously, wow. but yeah, there's a lot of, <laughs> there are a lot of them. wish you did. Um, so, yeah, that's how we got together, and I said, yeah, I'll publish it. So, we sort of pulled it all together, first in the hardback edition, well, this is a rare, a rare hardback version. Wow. Of yeah. Because um, we only did them, we only, we did, a, we did a single edition, so I've got one, I think. Yeah. Um, and uh, then we did it in hardback the following, sorry, in paperback the following year, so... So that's how we but, got the But I
3: was very, very particular, and <laughs> Stephen does his, his set. Um, I know, I know. He does his set joke, way joke. with his books, and um, I said, "I don't want that. It needs to be done like this." But he was because he's a yes man. He got it. He got that. I needed
2: everything in there,
3: everything yeah, or nothing. It
2: caused, uh, yeah, caused my designer nervous breakdown. Oh, ne- nearly <laughs> caused you. Sorry, Hugh. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, it really turned out really, really well in the end. So, uh, that's how we, that's how we first met. So I actually knew when I started planning, yes, in, in the eighties, one of the sparks for it was having been to Dave's flat, uh, and have, having seen his massive, yeah, archive, I knew he had loads of pictures from the eighties, most of which hadn't been seen or had only been seen once or twice. Wow. Um, but many of which hadn't been seen at all. So I kind of wanted to tap into that, and I knew that Dave had been a big fan through the 80s, so could contribute to the book, to the book as well. You were right in your review yesterday, by the way. I did write it. Um, okay. it it's my, like, I, I wrote it, but Dave provided some, uh, some very useful material for some reminiscences that were very useful. He wrote the forward, provided all the pictures, of course, and also gave me some very useful notes um, uh, that kept me in check on one particular occasion, um, when I was uh, tempted to start talking about drugs a little too much, and Dave very very usefully said, uh, "No, best not go down that route." Really, so I didn't. I didn't.
0: Great.
2: So, um, yeah.
1: <laughs> I'm curious <laughs> yeah. for both of you because Stephen and I chimed in on these thoughts of ours yesterday when we did the review. I I were curious to know. What were a couple of your forehead slapping moments of information maybe you learned separately from each other that you didn't know before you started putting this book together?
2: Oh there's lots Whoa. for me and some that was provided by Dave. The, the pictures in the book of the cinema rehearsals They were yeah. they were a kind of a woo moment for me and yeah. David's reminiscences of the of, the, of, of that because nobody saw that nobody's nobody was there apart from dave john d and some guys from the record company right. so to to have access to somebody that was in those rehearsals was was amazing really yeah that's um true. so that was i mean that was the big one for me and actually being able to use dave's pictures from it as well yeah. um
3: yeah, because they, they just haven't been put. They, they were only in the box set, I think, of Yes, 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 or something. Um, yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah, we got lucky didn't... there. We got
3: like There's only John and I there. Yeah. Um, yes.
1: Interesting. And, David, uh, for you, were in your journey of putting all this together, whether it was before getting with Stephen Lamb or while you were collaborating, were there. A couple things that stand out that you came across that were like, "Whoa, I never saw this, or I never knew this little fact," something like that. Do you, do you know? What? I'm not. I'm not sure. There's, there's 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 one that stands
3: out at the moment. Really? Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I. I yeah. Sort of. Just make up. 80s. Just make bullshit answer.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bullshit answer. <laughs> no, I yeah, don't know. A, just kidding.
2: <laughs> yeah, I, I, I just make something up <laughs> make them a fact no one will know um, the rick wayman's stressing episode anything you like that's a... yeah yeah, yeah. Well, i'll show you, you I tapped did, in well, i did
3: you know were. i did know that rick wayman did a lot of albums right yes. and i wasn't quite into them but i'm not quite sure i realized just how many albums
2: Mm, because yeah. I kind of yeah, yeah.
3: they blended in a little bit for me in the nineteen eighties, and he lost his way a little, and I lost my way a little with Rick. So, uh, reading the book and going through it and preparing it and and just going another Rick Wayman album, another,
2: another one, Rick yeah, another Rick yeah,
3: yeah, I, uh, I, uh, I, I So, so it. there was a bit of that,
2: which yeah, <laughs> I listened to all those albums. So you don't have to.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Steve, how about You're you? You're a good guy.
0: Yeah, well, one thing I want to bring up is I found it interesting and cool how the book goes through Rick's career of that decade. But um, I, one thing I was kind of surprised about was that it didn't go through Bill Bruford's career in that decade. And I was wondering if the reasoning was that he wasn't technically a member of Yes during that decade, despite being a major player in ABWH. Like, what, what yeah, was? It? Yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah, no, it's a fair question. I did note that I noted that down from your review, and it's a very totally fair question. I think you have to find your logic somewhere when you're doing a book, a book like this. So I decided to take as my logic, um, okay, here are five members of Yes, as Yes was on the 1st of January, 1980, and the line-up was John Anson, Chris Blyer, Rick Waitman, um, uh, Steve Howe, and Alan White on the 1st of January. Right. So that's the lineup of yes we start with, and then we'll take them all off on their various journeys through the '80s, and we'll add in some various various other characters as the '80s wear on. But we won't dwell necessarily too long on those. So you again made a very fair point about um, Jeff Downs and Asia, mm-hmm. the fact that I talk about the first two Asia albums, and then I don't talk about the rest of Jeff's career. I don't talk very much about Trevor's production career two reasons for that one is because that would just just too much material <laughs> you know i think steve been...
1: pointed out either on the show or to me said like yeah. that could be a whole other book exactly so much... yeah. and, and going back to going back to
2: bill brief bill bruford briefly bill, bill had an amazingly busy 80s and i'm a big fan of all that stuff but but again you know i've had to put in all the stuff that bill did two albums yeah. with patrick mraz i think as well yeah. But I put in all those stuff. They, the book would have been ridiculously long and would have gone off gone off at lots of different tangents. Yeah. So
1: and that is um, focused on yes in the 1980s. Yeah. yeah like so five, also, 500
0: yeah. pages or something. Yeah. <laughs> I
2: wanted to keep it as yesy as possible as well. Yeah. So so yeah. those first two Asia albums, it's Jeff and it's Steve Howe.
0: Right.
2: Steve then leaves after the first but well, gets kicked out after the first first couple of albums. He's doing rehearsals for the next one. So um so then we kind of lose a little bit it's just jeff's thing then so i kind of just i just ease ease away from that for that for the time being in the same way that i don't really talk about trevor horn's uh, production career because that's massive you know he's having massive hits and things like that mm. and he just comes back in again when i start talking about 90125 uh, in the same you way, know, i could have talked about patrick mraz could have talked a little bit about about tony k as well could have even talked about peter banks you know but you have to draw a line somewhere i think the my logic my logic works i think but it's my logic if you see what i mean so how, no fully, and that's fair
1: yeah, yeah. the yeah. analogy yeah. i like to use is that if you have endless land and you have a whole bunch of wandering cattle you have to put the corral fence in somewhere and yeah. yes has a lot of wandering cattle so in order to keep the book focused on really what the spirit of it is in the title, your your logic to me makes sense because otherwise it just goes out in so many directions and there might not be any way back. You know, oops, someone ate the breadcrumbs. How do we get back? <laughs> you know, because there's just so much there.
0: Yeah. And when I was in eighth or ninth grade, you know, I, I, I'm i so like into yes. So like back then I was even considering like writing my own like scripts for movies about the career of yes so like you know like drama movies or whatever but the what i wrote was pretty freaking terrible because i would just like extract every little nugget from every single interview like every contribution to every album outside of yes it just wouldn't have worked even if it was like seven movies so i totally get what you mean about drawing the line and, and it yeah. still
3: has to be fun and uh, fit the format as well, so you know, it's got, yeah, to, yeah, yeah. It's got to fit the format. It can't go, you, I mean, who's worse than yes with all the branches? Uh. I mean, <laughs> you know, it's crazy, isn't it? So, you've it's, got to yeah. package it's... it for 80s, and you were surprised at what's in the 80s, which, like you say, you just think Trevor Rabin on stage, yeah, yeah. Tony mm-hmm. Kay, crazy squire looking, and it's not, it, it's, it's so much more, yeah. that's Steven has done a a great
1: job in packaging the 80s. Yeah, yeah. that was yeah. my biggest uh, forehead slapping experience of reading the book was, was yeah, I didn't think of so many of these things. So that made it, and you used the word, David, it made it fun to read because it was way beyond what I perceived it to be about, which, which was great. I was very pleasing and never in the history of of music has there been a band around for over 50 years that can't keep the same lineup two albums in a row even though the same lineups have reconverged never yeah. have they done more than two albums with the same lineup in a row and what does that give us more to talk about more to write about Man. more to read about i mean talk about a soap opera geez yeah, yeah only yeah, jethro yeah. toll might match that institutionalized version of a band right
3: I mean if we can't talk about yes for hours on end, you know, who who, who else? I mean,
1: it's never ending. We'd have to talk about yeah. beer and cheese. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I like to say that yes is my favorite soap opera. Pretty much the only soap opera I keep up with.
2: <laughs> and and the 80s are the most soap operary of of the decades <laughs> as well. It's a great people fall out with each other, they're throwing stuff at each other. The wives fall out which is touched on a little bit in the book but yep. not too much thankfully um and uh, it is a crazy decade and they never really recover from the 80s i don't think i think they you know they patch things up periodically but but the the, the divisions that began at the start of the 80s
1: yeah
2: and never quite are never quite healed i don't think as well
1: that's a great so, point uh, they reachieved superstardom and then never got back to it again with all due respect. You know, they have their fans, they have their tribe, they have their community, but they never reached, you know, they'll never book, I shouldn't say never, but they haven't since booked multiple dates at Madison Square Gardens and the LA Forum and, you know, things like that. So it's it's interesting. And I know that there's other factors, you know, the economy and times right. of change and people in spin. But, but they still didn't reach the same superstardom. And I'm okay with that because that's never been a reason to follow them, you know, no. of course.
0: But no, do you guys have not.
1: a favorite? If you had to pick just one favorite tour that you saw in person, what might that be? And what was your first? If you could start with that, please. First time you saw them live and what's your favorite tour? Uh, but we talk in the eighties, yeah? A- no, any, oh. any throughout their any, whole career. Any, any era. Oh yeah. my goodness. Yeah, you go first. Well, I started
3: though. in 70, I started liking Yes in 76, but my first gig was 77. Okay. So that was pretty spectacular, but the greatest gig was Wembley 78. Mmm, the, the, the most phenomenal gig was 78. But Fantastic. I absolutely loved 80, 84 at Wembley. I love, I love 80s Yes. It was, it was bonkers. Yeah, okay. I couldn't yeah. believe what was yeah. happening, to be honest. Yeah. to five. Yeah. I thought it was great yeah, <laughs> uh, How about yeah. You,
2: uh well you, my first my first yes concert was my first concert of any sort actually which was wembley in 78 um though i was i can't even, i can't, i think i went on the friday evening so uh um and that completely blew my mind because it was the first my first concert experience of any sort wow any Sword, and i i soon realized that they weren't all like that um but i agree with dave actually i think the 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 84 tour um when when, again we we both saw them at Wembley um uh, that completely blew my mind uh I guess it kind of should it's it's not a very fashionable thing to say about yes was that that, you know that seeing the the Rabin lineup was um was probably the best experience but I think in terms of how much I enjoyed it and how incredible I thought it was that might actually be the the, the, be my greatest yes experience
1: so for both Uh, of you what is that common denominator that that makes that so stand out for you? Was it the playing, the production? What was it? I think I think, I think, think that uh, it's
2: certainly not my favorite period of Yes, by any means. My favorite album's Close to the Edge, funnily enough. And this makes uh, your I, answers I, almost yeah. really more interesting, yeah. too. So, uh, But I think there was something about the vibe on the night as much as anything. I mean, not that there wasn't a vibe. There's been a great vibe at every Yes concert I've been sure. to. God. But I think the vibe on the night, I think there were different people in the in the audience, it wasn't kind of a, it wasn't kind of all all sort of young men with long hair and trench yeah. coats. It was more. I remember
1: John Anderson saying once they got Trevor's the first time they saw girls in the first ten rows. Yeah, yeah, there were <laughs> girls there.
2: There were girls there, and it was. I think <laughs> there was a slightly different. There was a slightly more, uh, more excitable vibe in 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 the, in the audience so that <clears throat> made the actual experience of watching them. Of course, there was a big show as well. You know, we if you the saw a Yes in the Round in seventy eight.
1: Yeah, that was, was my great first show.
2: It was a great show, but um, but it was them in the round, in the middle, in the middle of the arena. Yeah. With the the eighty the eighties were a great thing for a show, so there were ramps and there were little showcases. When they, that they weird
0: leave shaped stage. Yeah. yeah I remember it, it yeah, 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 More colorful, like the stage and the outfits. It yeah. was the
1: clothes and the makeup
0: yeah. as well. Believe oh, it or yeah. not, you know, yeah, John's jazz.
1: weird. Uh, Belt yeah. pack microphone with the coiled, that that was just space age at the time. Chris Quise, yeah. the fuzzy thing that he was wearing. It was and a, the doctor I
2: outfit. Think, I think it was the I think it was the show. I mean, I, I you know, I, I went to the Union tour as well, and that was great. And I yeah, uh, really enjoyed yeah. them later. Alan as well. with the
1: sequins, yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, the but, Simmons. Yeah.
2: <laughs> um, but I think for some reason it the seven the eighty-four one just lingered <sighs> as long as the, I think I just, it was just the excitement. It may not have even have been the music. It might well have just been the excitement of being there. That's actually linked That's interesting.
0: Yeah. Like, as a yeah. kid, I remember I thought Trevor Rabin's, like, colorful outfit and that guitar that he uses were, like, the coolest thing ever. <laughs> <laughs>
3: it's interesting. It yeah. is the coolest thing ever. But it's very odd that we've just chosen 80. No, we're talking about the 80s, obviously. So yeah. maybe that's just in there because yeah, yeah. you know anderson brufford Wakeman, and Howe was, was a great show uh i didn't as well. go to that one <laughs> to, for, <laughs> the the 19,
2: for the 1980s um i didn't i, I, I didn't i, I to, to this day
1: i don't know why I'm okay, very i was going to ask if you weren't in favor of it or something
2: no 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 i bought the album and i and i liked it i just i just it was just a period of my life i think where i was it was just I didn't coordinate going on, going to that tour. I really should have gone, should should have gone. I think, I was, you know, I was just elsewhere, really, just yeah. mentally elsewhere, probably. But I went to the Union tour two years later. So um, oh. uh, it was just, uh, you know, so you drift in and out sometimes. And no, I, as I say, I bought the album and really liked it. I bought it on vinyl um, uh I, some reason, I didn't go to the tour. But no, it wasn't the policy thing. Okay. It was just, I, didn't, I just didn't go for some reason. I have no idea why now. But, but the USA got more more yes than uh, we did in England.
1: Like throughout, yeah. throughout, you mean, right? Like, well, yeah, yeah, the yeah. 80,
3: yeah. Throughout the 80s, you got a lot more yes than we did. Why is yeah, that? Yeah, yeah you got a big to And all. 90s. Yeah. Why? You sound
2: embittering. Well, you've sounding you've always now, had you? it because it's
3: a big country. It's <laughs> yeah, 50 think... times bigger than ours. And yeah. you... Yeah, it's, there's a lot of money there.
1: But I, I always perceived Europe as a big tour mecca for rock bands, and pro, especially prog rock. No, uh, yeah, but yeah, it's the second, UK, second from the U.S. The- though it's okay. second to you guys. Yeah, yeah. We just we didn't get the big generator
2: tour at, at all.
0: Right. Yeah. Really? And I talk? Remember and that. talk?
2: No, all,
1: exactly. Yeah, we didn't get talk either. At all. Wow. I have so, a comment every- on on the talk tour. And and I can't believe I'm saying this about one of my two favorite bands, but I saw them at the Greek Theater, and it's the only time I could not believe how good Alan White's drums did not sound. The sound was just not good, and it's a great venue. I've seen other shows yeah. there, but the audio there just wasn't that good. I liked the show, but it didn't sound like Alan. That's the drums.
3: reason. That's the reason to go to three gigs on a tour, because you don't know if some big guy's going to sit in front of you. The guy's going to chat next here. The sound's bouncing off something. If you've yeah. got a three at least, you're going to get one really good one out
1: of the three. That's a great point, yeah.
0: Yeah, it's,
2: yeah I, I, I think I've only been to, to, to three concerts once and, on the tour, and that was in 2004, actually. And they were all completely different. As well, yeah, that's what yeah. I find. That's why I yeah. do it. Well, no, they were they were completely different in tone as well. I saw I saw them at Wembley Arena doing the really yeah. long set. I saw them doing a, a, a shorter set at in a castle somewhere in Devon. But I also went to that uh, acoustic that Rick Wakeman um, arranged uh, an acoustic set for them in Oxford. A completely unique. It's a bit like the acoustic that acoustic DVD.
0: Yeah, guaranteed um, no hiss.
2: Uh, yes, it's very like that, but a slightly extended version of it. So they did about an hour and a half playing playing acoustically with some of Rick mm-hmm. Wakeman's mates doing um, doing comedy sets in the first half. I,
3: I was just thinking that it's easier for me to say go to three gigs in the UK when if you're in the states, of course, the travelling distance.
0: Right. Yeah. Is between states. Yeah, depending on where to you just... live.
1: Depending on where you live, because I have seen some bands uh, like in a row. Like I remember seeing yes a couple times on the same tour but when they came back around and played in the same area not like the next night i had seen rush a few times more than one night in a row either at the same venue or somewhere not that much farther things like that but if you're in an area like well where i live no one plays uh but i'm 100 (laughs) miles from phoenix so if i'm gonna go to a show there it's a whole day thing especially if i'm going to do an interview for drum talk tv I have to get there around lunch yeah. We go to the sound check we do the interview there then go to dinner then the show we get home at like two in the morning it's like i got to reserve a whole day um yeah but, yeah
3: well we have you got to book a hotel you got to do the yeah. whole thing right? and then but, there's people but that the difference, live in the the Midwest, difference between, where it's just yeah but you guys
0: distance it's so big yeah, yeah. Yeah, when I studied abroad in England a few years ago, like Brighton and London were basically like right next to each other. You just walk, you're there in a few minutes. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but it is a shorter distance, so though. It's, 30, a, 30, 30 uh, 30 it's hours, forty-five bro. minutes by train to an hour. Yeah. yeah.
1: So that's easy. And that is easy, yeah. Yeah. I've that's driven easy. a lot farther than that for shows. Absolutely. Yeah. So what do you guys um. think of And we'll get back to the book, but what do you guys think of what's going on now, the present Yes? Will you be (laughs) writing about Yes in the 2020s, do you think? Um, I mean, uh... the story's still unfolding, who knows, but what do you think of what's going on and the most of the quest and all that?
3: You you never know what's going to happen with Yes, though, for sure. right. Right? So I know we said something earlier that that wouldn't happen. Okay, that was like the big stadiums, right? But if someone just give them a million pound each and said, all eight of you, right, three nights at Wembley, right, you're all going on stage, then we're back
1: at Wembley in the O2, you see. So, you know. what? Would they? Because... Led Zeppelin at the O2 sold out in like 10 minutes, and then they were offered $100 million to go do a tour, and they said no. So hey, I tell
3: you, we might never know, but right. it's yes.
1: You're right. You're right. <laughs> yeah, How no, many think, times has Rick Wakeman been in and out of the band? Six? Five, five times. Five. So yeah, six yeah. is coming. Ooh, that's
3: a prophecy. <laughs> <laughs> you can't write yet. Yes, is history. You, you couldn't
2: make this up. You
3: couldn't make it up. Yeah.
2: No, I think I think they're entitled to be doing what they're doing. You know? Surely, that's, that's 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 totally fine. I mean, some people don't call it yes, and some people do. And, and that's you know. the thing,
1: you know. You hit it on the head, Stephen. Is it's not for us to say what who yes is or what's really yes. It is what it is at that time period. Has nothing to do with which version you favor doesn't determine which yes is yes or not and people are certainly entitled to what they like but to say that that's not yes that's like doesn't even really compute i understand that but steve are people like commenting right now and all this stuff (laughs) Uh let us know if there's questions or anything but yeah i I like how you put that they're certainly entitled to do what they want they're doing what they do for themselves first i hope
3: yeah, yeah okay, but, I, I, I think they are um, it's just that you just can't really plan right you know I know they've got the longest lineup at the moment that's ever been yeah uh, and it looks very solid and they're all very happy but there's still so, only
1: two albums in
3: oh, yes yeah, oh, yeah, I, yeah, I think
1: yeah, I, I, yeah. I, 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 yeah and I do I think, think the, there's gonna be a, a well, like big one change album before and, the next
0: one yeah or one well, album
1: in Steve? One,
0: yeah, the quest lineup. This is the only album. 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 Oh,
1: that's right. I was thinking Heaven and Earth.
0: Yeah, no, Chris was around back then. Yeah,
1: sorry. Okay, so we'll see what happens. I think there'll be a change though by the next album. Yeah, Yeah. well, a force. You mean a change
2: change in personnel or a change in personnel? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you think that Alan White forced? I think Alan's going to retire. Yeah, I think everyone was pretty pretty astonished that he actually played the, all the drums on the on on the quest. To yeah, be honest. Right. Um, and he does a pretty good job, as far well as I can tell. He I mean, he's not playing anything not playing anything that's that's particularly taxing,
1: right? And but, it's also uh, different than going on tour and playing most nights of the week and the travel and all the. Yeah, you know, I'm I don't bless his heart. I love him. I've known him since 1989. He's been on my show five six times. He got our first Prague Legacy Award a couple of years ago at the NAMM show. I love him to death, and and I don't. That has nothing to do with the fact that I think he might be ready to just not do it anymore.
2: Yeah, I think I think his presence is quite important. It's yeah. it's more talismanic, isn't it, more more than being there to play. Yeah, because he's, he's a link. He's, he's a link been in the, the band longer era. than
1: anybody, including Steve Howe. Yeah, Steve um, was there first, but Alan's been there through over a decade longer than Steve. Yeah. So it's he's very iconic yeah. when it comes to who is yes.
3: It's still pretty solid, isn't it? You know, it's just,
1: there's yeah. no wavering at the moment for the
3: foreseeable right. future. Yeah.
1: So, But they're not grooming Jay Shellen to just play tambourine and castanets on the side. There's a bigger plan. And yeah. we just don't know yeah. when that's that, going to be. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, you're probably right. Yeah. yeah that that may well be. But Alan's been, you know, to me personally, he's been an immense influence, not just drumming wise, but musically and, and just as, as a person. I mean, he, for a long time through the eighties, he lived in the neighborhood where I grew up and I did not grow up in a money area. Believe me, I did not, but he lived two blocks from where my parents were living when I grew up and when I first met him and got to know him at his house, I showed up one day and he had on a scuba tank and Speedos. And I, I this was like July. And I said, Alan, in America, we celebrate Halloween in October. And he laughed he said, yeah, my neighbor's got a drain problem in their pool, so I am go down and fix it. It's just the kind of guy he is. You know, he's, he's just a wonderful, regular yeah. guy. He's just so he down is. to earth. His kids went to the local school right there in the neighborhood. And, and that's one of the things I admire about, him, I I really appreciate yeah. that. In a world where sometimes our, our hearts are broken when we meet an idol or someone that we look up to, and they're just not who we thought they were,
3: yeah, just yeah. like your book,
1: yeah. Alan Way Over Delivered as a Human Being, he really did. Yeah, no, yeah, he's
3: he's bigger than I mean, all the drummers are always important in bands, aren't they? But he's bigger than people realize, yeah, because he's a quiet, he's a quiet man, of yes, isn't he? Yeah, he's the quiet, yeah. solid back beat of
1: yes yeah forever,
3: you know. Yeah, so yeah. 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 yeah so we'll, we'll see. see. Yeah, not the
1: guy's a lovely guy. Yeah. Yeah. So what what's next for you guys? Are you gonna do you have another yes book planned or that you've talked about or that you'd like to do? Other than uh, Trevor Horn's extensive lexicon of what he's <laughs> produced over the years? <laughs> Um, well, Stephen's got a plan for
3: for 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 next year, I
2: think. Well, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, well, in the yes there's, world, there, there's always lots of ideas. I mean, obviously, we are doing yes in the '90s, which you mentioned in the review. I, I'm not. I'm. I'm just publishing that. Simon Barrow writing it. Um, okay. So that will probably be out in the USA at the start of next year. I would. Have, I would have thought it oh. might make the UK at the end of this. Uh, I think Simon's due to. I don't know. Don't want to speak. Don't want to speak for him. But he's due to yeah. deliver it in the summer. So, um, so we'll so we'll see how that turns out. Dave and I have been talking about a few things as well. I mean, I'm not, I'm not doing, I'm, I'm not planning on, on writing anything on yes, myself in the next year. Just because I have got another project planned for me, and yeah. I'm so busy anyway that writing stuff is actually becoming more and more, more and more difficult because I'm so busy running a publishing company. Dave and I have been talking about a few things. We've, we, yeah. A, Couple of things but i don't, it
3: takes, don't know We're, it takes takes a bit more work i haven't kind of got my head around it fully yet we need to speak more before i commit because yeah. if i commit then i know you got to get that, on with it yeah i've got to get on with it and do it properly for a year or two and um so it's right and so that's i've got the material now for that which is uh so it just needs to get my head round um i have just completed a another really well i think it's a, a great a great article uh which will be coming out soon so great. that's very timely great and, let us know you should,
1: see,
3: you should see that on yeah you should see it on yes world at some point soon okay so i've just finished that uh great. so that should be yeah but have um, the book wise um i've got an idea i've had it for a decade uh and now i have the material here i've just got to get on with it really
1: yeah, yeah. If either of you uh could select one yes member pastor present to sit with and write an autobi uh, write a biography with one member who might that be?
2: Ooh, that's a good question. I think I'd like I personally I'd like to sit down and write a proper biography of Rick Waitman. Uh, wow. uh um so, uh, yeah, a proper biography of Rick Wakeman because he's done, he's done one. He's done um, the Say Yes thing that he did uh, a few years ago, and there's been other biographies, and he's done his books of anecdotes as well, but he's never really sat down and brought, <clears throat> written a proper, a proper detailed biography that talks about the music in a lot of detail, and that, and that, would, be, that would be great, I think. Great. So that would be my personal, Just, I've always been a massive Rick Wakeman fan. Uh, obviously, the the quality can be variable. Sometimes, <laughs> I think he'd probably be the first to admit. Yeah. Um. But I. But I. But I've. Uh, yeah. I'd love to sit down with him. And I. You know. I, so that that would be my first choice. I think. Okay.
3: How about, about you, Dave? Um, well, you know, John started his own book, don't you? You saw that, yeah. like, about three years ago, and this One lovely chapter. Yeah. ten yeah. pages came out, very artistically done, and. Um, that I, I, that that look, that look good uh, but that's faded away um now i suppose it would be john i think there's such a lot to be said about for john not necessarily just his career because that goes off into all sorts of places but maybe a lyrics something to do with lyrics and telling telling something that's not been told before i think there's a lot to be told from oh. his side about uh, what he means with his lyrics and go through, in my head, I, you know, I can see him telling the stories, bit like Paul McCartney's just done with his r- r- recent release, uh, where he can, we can talk about the, the actual big tracks, not all of yes, but the big one, there's enough of those in 50 years. Oh yeah. Two, two, or even just his biggest tracks and tell us what he was thinking and what it actually means and the links and where it came from because that's not really been done, and also uh, is the lyrics are uh, great with images. Yeah. Um, that's probably never going to happen, um, but I think there's more to be told, talk- because uh, look at John's career with Yes and without Yes. Is that mine's the only book on John Anderson in 50 years,
1: and yeah. it's not even <laughs>
3: covering yeah. Yes. Yeah, that's interesting. It's, it's covering pre-Yes and the first year of Yes, so he's got a whole life to tell. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's not been told. So
1: that would be, yeah. Steve, how about you? Have you ever thought of this?
0: I would probably go with John Anderson as well. Cause there's just so much unreleased works that I'm so fascinated by, like what he was working on in this period and that period that some has seen the light of day, some hasn't, but yeah, that, that would be an interesting project, like even asking about the lyrics and being like, so John, what were you thinking?
1: <laughs> yeah, what does gold stainless nail and the time between the notes relates to the co- I want to ask yeah. about what... <laughs> yeah. You know, the, yeah. that topic alone could be a whole book, let alone, like you that's, both said, his life that is yeah. so untold. But his
2: answer may just be, well, that's just some words I put together.
1: Well, I have heard him say something like that. I've heard him say something like he wrote words almost as if they were notes of an instrument that just flowed and rhymed and sort of told a
0: story. What's that, Steve? Or like colors of a painting.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Which, but I I know there's other layers to that story. I'm sure there is. Yeah. Um, You've got his
3: art, you've got his artwork. You've got his stories. You've got the lyrics.
1: Life, your spiritual okay, there's a, There's influences.
3: a there's a there's a book there. Yeah, all of that. Yeah, it hasn't been done because it's probably too difficult. Uh, but you know, difficult things get done in the end if someone's willing. Yeah. Um, yeah.
0: Right. It's but just, if I had yeah. if I had to choose someone other than John Anderson, yeah, I think. You know, it might be interesting doing a book on, um, and I don't know if this has been done before because I haven't heard of one, but a book on Trevor Rabin, like what was like being a rock star and then going into film scores. Well, and, starting and, and with boy band saceranda.
1: to rock star to film <laughs> score, you know, there's kind of some layers there, And from South Africa, yeah. you know.
3: Sounds like Stevens on it already, I think.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah. Mine no, would be yeah. probably... I think, like, as much as, of course, you know, I'm a drummer, I cover the drumming world and all that, believe it or not, I think my first choice would probably be John Anderson as well for all the same reasons that were already put out there. However, if I found out that Dave and Stephen were collaborating on that, I would choose someone else. And I think if Chris were alive, it would be him Otherwise, mm-hmm. I believe it would be Rick. I'm a huge Rick Wakeman fan. I, I love his diversity in life from... He had a cooking show. I had a cooking show. There's the comedy, the game show host. Like, really? he's everywhere doing everything, you know? Uh, and then, oh, let me play something at Hampton Court. <laughs> like, yeah, 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 yeah. So I think Rick would, would be next on my list, probably.
2: Uh, yeah. And he's, he's bounced back so many times over the years as well.
1: Yeah. He's been
2: ill or he's been Ugh.
1: bankrupt. He and I can relate with all the marriages. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And he's in fine form at the moment. He, he is, is yeah. 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 Steve's mom is my favorite ex-wife, by the way. <laughs> we're still very close. <laughs>
3: yeah.
1: <laughs> we're not. We're not going to go down that road. <laughs> right.
3: Yeah. And we haven't swore yet at all. We're very good. That's no, no, fucking no, no. amazing.
1: <laughs> oh. oh, oh. <sighs> Oh man! The one time Steve let go of the slack on the leash. See, Steve. Yeah,
0: it's it's all my fault. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 well, yeah. Guys,
1: we we really enjoyed the book, and it was an honor to have you on and be able to talk about it and your experiences. Oh, uh, keep us um, up to date with the other things I, that you're doing, and um, we'd love to. Can stay I drop in a couple?
3: Drop a couple of things in for you. Just Absolutely. Last minute. Yeah. I went digging in the boxes of goodies. Okay. So 1980s, so I just wanted to, a couple of things. So, um, okay. Sweatshirt, very cool.
0: Sweatshirt from England. Yeah. It says, yes, shows 1980. Nice. Right.
3: So as we're in the eighties and also a couple of rarities for you.
0: So, oh, wow. Okay. So yeah, so it's. Yes, nine oh one two. Is that a vinyl Final. sleeve for 90125? I've never yeah. seen one that looked yeah. like that. A lithograph
1: so, on the back. Yes.
0: Yeah, so... I've never seen them, that. What's
1: that? So
3: there's South America. Oh, uh, wow. South American yeah. vinyl.
1: Wow. That's With a huge the... collector's item. Okay, so I thought I'd show, because they take forever to find. Okay. That's worth, like, at least 40 bucks. I'm yeah. kidding. It's,
3: I'm sure it's worth yeah. a lot. That's Hang a, on, and one, and one more thing for you. Yeah. Just in the 1980s, okay. Just the same South American. Oh, a-
0: ABWH again with the members in and black and white. And, they
2: threw a lot yeah. of money at those covers, didn't they?
0: they sure <laughs> did. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. Nice.
3: So I thought you'd might like a few 80s things. Thrown yeah, in.
1: very impressive. Very cool. (laughs) Cool. Stay on the line after we say goodbye. We'll chat for a moment. And then I got to get ready for Cindy Blackman's interview today on Drum Talk TV. little plug there. Join me on Drum Talk TV at 4 p.m. Pacific. Is that right? Yeah. 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern U.S. Times live on Drum Talk TV. Cindy Blackman Santana getting caught up with her for the first time in, gosh, it's been almost a couple of years, year and a half. That'll be fun. But we'd love to stay up to date with what you two gentlemen are doing in the yes verse. And thanks again for joining us. Really appreciate it. Thank you, guys. My pleasure. Thanks. Thanks, guys. Thanks. All right. Thanks everybody for following what we do and dig into the library. There's probably a lot of episodes you haven't seen. This is episode 41, not counting about 15 news desk episodes. You could follow us on Facebook for the visual aspect at facebook.com slash slash yes shift if you don't want to look at us but there's a lot of clips and pictures and things like david just showed us from time to time if you rather listen to us while you're jogging working out doing whatever you do you can follow us on the anchor.fm channels at anchor.fm slash yes shift and steve they can write to us if they have hate mail is that right
0: yeah, they can email yesshiftpodcast at com, and we might read your feedback on the show uh, if it's good to print, I, I guess, like if, if we <laughs> like it enough to read it and it's, yeah. And um, yeah, we're probably on most podcatchers, you can just like look up yesshift and Yeah, if you want to support us, you could go to anchor.fm slash shift and click support. And yeah, I think that pretty much covers it.
1: Yeah, it's a $1,000 minimum. All right. So (laughs) just kidding. Thanks, everybody. And thank you, guys. We'll see you all again soon.